You are Locked On Padres. Your daily San Diego Padres podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello to all you amazing Mets fans as well as Padres fans. This is a crossover edition of the show. I'm your host, Ryan Finkelstein. You want to find any of my work, follow me on Twitter at FinkelsteinRyan or find my writing at JustBaseball.com where Javi Reyes also does some writing. He just had an awesome piece going through the most memorable storylines from this past season. There was some Mets stuff in there. I believe there was some Padres stuff, a lot in between. So good stuff there. Javi, welcome back onto the show for another crossover you excited about this one, Machado to the Mets? Absolutely, man. Absolutely. Can't wait to talk about this. And you're, you're taking the shots already. But, hey, look, I kept off. The moment that almost made it my favorite moments is the sad playing of the trumpets of when you guys were playing us. Oh, yeah. And nobody was down with the trumpets. Like, they were just on. And I guess, like, nobody – it was just really – that was one of my favorite moments is just that – like when Aaron Rodgers won the MVP or when Dirk Nowitzki won the MVP, but got eliminated already. So nobody cared and everyone's just watching. Yeah. Oh, this is awkward. So, but yeah, yes. uh, I had a lot of fun writing that and really excited about this topic because both of our teams are incapable of not having something to talk about. It's impossible. I, I literally don't remember the last time there was nothing to talk about for the Padres or the Mets, especially the Mets. Yeah, for, for sure. And and you can't even be mad at this topic because you pitched it to me. And I was like, yeah, I'm on board because we were we were planning on doing best infields. And I was like, let's hold off because I'm getting nervous about this Correa thing. I don't know if it's going to happen. It didn't happen. And one of the little kind of rumors that have been floating around it is the Mets were sitting there looking at this ankle x-ray, which apparently is terrifying on Correa. And they thought, you know, Machado's got an opt out. Is there a chance that we can get in on it? I got to ask you, first of all, let's just get to the opt-out. Is he definitely going to exercise that after this season? I don't want to say definitely, only because it's not like he's got, you know, some $10 million contract, right? Like, this is, you're still getting making $30 million, so I never want to say never. However, in the current baseball landscape, and next year, you have some teams that I can immediately think of that are going to break the bank, right? The Dodgers... They, I don't want to say they struck out. They had a fine offseason, despite what your Dodgers fans would tell you. Still got Noah Syndergaard, and then they added a, a bat that I'm blanking on right now. But they've, they've done stuff, right? And then you have the Yankees, who haven't had a third baseman since, dare I say, A-Rod. That has been like, or, or even my former Padre, Chase Hudley, right? Like, they haven't had a, a good, great for third baseman in a while. That's a funnier um, name, by the way. The Chase Headley is like the 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 best third baseman they've had in the last six years because it probably is. It is. I think he it had a actually good year. Is. Maybe like that half season of Gio Urshela or something like that. Yeah. But uh, yeah. I mean, so you've got the Yankees that would surely be in for it, and they probably should have signed Manny when they had a chance back in the day, which I'm grateful that they didn't, of course. And then you've got the Mets. I imagine, and I, I want to know your perspective on this. Maybe they looked at this Correa thing, which I have so many questions about. <laughs> that I can't, that can't be answered. And and one of the biggest ones is, okay, so you're telling me Correa might have a problem down the line. So now baseball teams care about how <laughs> contracts going to age. Xander Bogart just signed for 11 years. Like, it's just yeah. funny. Like, like how bad it has to be. If for once baseball teams were like, uh Oh, it's not even worth it for the five great years or whatever. Right. So you have that. But I think that the Mets might've looked at this and said, 
Manny Machado is probably a better overall player. He is a sigil of health, and he's always there. He probably should have won the MVP in 2022. Let's give him all this money instead of waiting on Correa and being too aggressive. Because not to mention, we still re-signed Nimmo, and you know we went out and got Justin Verlander, and the the who was who was the other one from from Japan? Kodai like Senga. Yeah, Kodai Senga. Like they did a lot. So maybe yeah. they're saying, let's just. Let's 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 pace it out. You don't want to release every episode of Stranger Things at once. You want to have it a little bit spaced out. So next year could be part two. So maybe that's what they're planning. It could be, and I, I want to get into the Mets angle of it a little more uh, in the next segment. But I think from Machado's perspective, for one, I mean, we can almost spend a, a second on this. Like Nolan Arenado cost himself so much. Like why did he not opt out? I mean, the contract. Obviously, he probably loves it in St. Louis, and it's great there, but. Man, when you see the money that got thrown around, I would be shocked if he couldn't top whatever it is, 150-some-odd million I think he has left on his deal. Devers is now off the table too, though. So, mm-hmm. Aaron, like, I can't even think of the next good third baseman that's going to hit the market. Not a superstar even on the horizon. And, and honestly, I don't even know. I think the class next year, it would kind of just be Otani Machado. and. You know, how old is he? Manny, I think he's going to be turning 31, if I'm not mistaken. Sneaky young, considering that it feels like he's been in the the league. Yes, he turned 30 in July. He turned 30 July 6th. So in terms of that, there you go. So like he's he's got a lot of time left. And I I think a lot of people don't realize that at this pace, he could be a Hall of Fame player because of how much he's done and that he's still only 30, right? So... That's a big part of this. But yeah, I mean, in terms of agents after, I mean, I like look it up and it's like, it's basically Shohei Otani at third base. Maybe Matt Chapman. If he oh, ever yeah. figures it out. If Matt Chapman figures it out, great. To, uh, like generational defender. Maybe. I mean, I remember when he was like an MVP candidate on the A's and then I guess maybe teams figured out that this guy swings at everything. So I don't know what happened there. Donaldson. you a big fan of Josh Donaldson. You can, you can bring him to the other New York team, see how he gets received there. But yeah, for the most part, it's basically those guys, um, unless you think your Urshelas and Joey Wendells are going to make a step up. And then for the rest of free agents, Tim Anderson is a club option. Probably going to take that, though. Probably pick it up unless he's hurt. Javier Baez, you think he's going to opt out of his deal? <laughs> no chance. No chance. How does he have an opt-out year two? Wow, that's hilarious. He, oh, really he thought, thought he was going to be good. Yeah, he thought he was going to go crazy, and then he did not do that. So. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that might be – and there's there's some players, and there's going to be some other guys that break out, I'm sure. Nobody thought that Martin Perez would be a name right after this season. No one thought Michael Waka would be a name, um, guys like that. So there's still some potential, but for the most part, people are ready. I mean, the trucks are being backed out for, yeah. I think, Manny Machado and especially Shohei Otani, so it would make sense. Yeah, I, I think that there's no way he can't at least top the value he's already on, and I guess the question then is – Does he get that money from the Padres or another team, particularly the Mets? We're going to get into that in just a minute. First, though, we got to tell you about Built Bar because it is the most delicious snack imaginable. I mean, Javi, how much do you love Built Bars? Uh, I I adore them. We've been doing our pods for like 400 million episodes now, and every time we talk about Built Bar, I get excited. They are delicious. Make you happy. Make you happy and they're healthy for you. They're healthy for you. They come cover 100% real chocolate. So mm. it's like you're eating a candy bar. They got the churro, the peanut butter brownie, the coconut almond. 
And, you know, if you have a snack this delicious, you'd be shocked to find out there's only 130 calories, only four grams of sugar, 17 grams of protein. And as you just said, years of doing these podcasts, discussing how delicious Built Bars are. Now, though, you don't got to wait around for a box, Javi, because you know what? You can go right to your local Walmart or Sam's Club, head there. You can go to the pharmacy section at Walmart, grab yourself a box of Built Bars. They have their four-bar box of cookies and cream, double chocolate, the coconut puffs. If you're close to a Sam's Club, you can run and grab a 13-bar box with their hit flavors, the brownie batter, the churro. You can thank us later, Built Bars. Head to your local store to try them today. Now, I love to see uh, Manny Machado hit the market and try out some New York living with the match. You got the Buck Showalter connection. I don't know if that uh, works anything here, but here's my question as it relates to the Padres and, and whether he would come back. I feel like it's been nothing but happiness between the two sides so far. He's become the face of the team. He's been the leader because we all know everything that's gone on with Tatis. But when you get Xander Bogarts and you have him and Tatis under contract for a decade each, at some point, you have to wonder if that was maybe a move before a move. It's kind of like where the Mets got Scherzer. You thought, ooh, DeGrom, a little more likely to leave now if they got Scherzer in place. You think that's what happened here where maybe they're thinking one year, four superstars on the roster, get Tatis off of suspension, and then next year it could be Tatis back at shortstop, Bogarts at third, and you wave goodbye to Machado. That's basically my same way of thinking too. And not to mention with Soto, say they don't want to bring back Manny. Say that the price gets wild. They still have a lot of money that they're spending. I know that there's going to be a lot of money freed up, right? Because you have um, Blake Snell. He's going to be off. Darvish, he's going to be off. And then there's probably a bunch of other players I can't remember at the moment. But, you know, they, they do have some more money to spend. But there's definitely a universe where they allocate their resources and say, okay, we love Manny. But instead, what if we go get Matt Chapman for nothing? comparatively speaking, I should say. And then you say, we'll, re we'll extend Juan Soto, which is something that clearly the team has shown that they want to do. Although it's not a must do, but I mean, he is super young. So it would be really exciting and it would make more sense from a baseball, you know, very numbers bureaucratic sense where you're just like, hey, this guy's young and we'd rather keep him instead of 31 year old. Uh, it makes more sense to give him that tenured type of deal instead of Manny. Even Manny has been, just he's been, Everything the Padres could ask for. Even his first season when he hit 32 home runs in a down year, right? Like that was the down year for Manny Machado with San Diego, right? He's been fantastic. So I could see a world in which they say, all right, let's do that. And then I mentioned all those pitchers coming off the books. Maybe they want to spend differently. They want to say, we can't just do it all on one player. Maybe they don't extend Soto. Instead, they do what I said about Matt Chapman, bring in a really ace defender at third base. You still got Bogarts and Tatis. And then you've got Juan Soto. And you'll figure it out later because bottom line, you'll have another year of control. Let's let's not – a lot of Padres fans are, have been very immediately like, extend them, extend them, extend them. Well, you said that at the trade deadline, and now we're worrying about Manny leaving. And then also, we, they paid Fernando Tatis Jr. so much money. Are the Padres going to want to do that again when they already have so many years left of cup control? I don't think so. I think they'd rather wait. I think they'd rather take it down to the wire and be like, all right, we'll give them the money now. And by the way, no, the Soto price isn't going to like go down because he had a down year last year. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. no, no one is going to be like, yeah, I'm not paying this guy 450. Like this guy might just be Ted Williams. So 
I could see that happening. And like you mentioned with Buck Showalter, that's even more of a reason why it very much makes sense. Although it wouldn't complete the like Puerto Rican Trinity that I thought you guys were going to have with Correa and Diaz and Lindor, but it would still be pretty impressive. I just think that my, my final take is I wanted to stay would love for him to stay. I could talk about this for hours, but it's not the worst thing in the world because they have stars, you know? Yeah. And as if they didn't have anybody right now, I'd be like, what are you doing? Ex- extend him now. But you just got Bogarts, you got Soto, you got Tatis. You have those three. So it's not the worst thing in the world if you decide not to pay him next year, at least in my opinion. Yeah, I think you can make the case that they have the most star-studded roster in baseball, and that's including more stars than the Mets because, I mean, those – those main guys are that good. And I think that, you know, Juan Soto, he kind of has to prove it this year that, you know, away from Washington, but it's like, do any of us really doubt it? I mean, right. <laughs> I, I forgot, I forgot what article or I was doing some research, but bottom line was I was looking at like on base percentage of like the past five years. And like, you see Juan Soto is at like four forty or something ridiculous. You're like, <laughs> you're like what the hell? It makes no sense. So I, I think that it, it, you want to pay Juan Soto entities like that's, to me, if you're thinking about – and you already have Bogarts, and, and that's locked in. So I think those three are the core, and I could see them looking at Machado and be like, look, it was a great – whatever it ends up being. Was it four years after this year? Yeah. You know, great four years. And also, when you sign that contract, you put that opt-out in, you were okay with him opting out because the latter half of the contract is what you would have been scared of. Now, it doesn't look like he's slowing down. looks like it would have been a good contract for 10 years, but mm-hmm. – if he gets another eight, nine-year deal and you're now adding years onto it, I don't think that's the worst thing at all for the Padres. From the Mets' perspective, tell me the better player they're going to get next offseason than Manny Machado. I, I, you know, Shohei's the dream. Obviously, every team in baseball is, is you know, every fan Ooh. base is like, oh, I'd love <laughs> to, to see what it's like to have a, a, a Babe Ruth on my team. That would be cool. But we don't know what's going to happen with the Angels. We always thought that, Mike Trout might escape there. Never happened. Kept on getting deals. I think there's a good chance it ends up there. The Dodgers very clearly reset their luxury tax this season, I think, to make Mm -hmm. a run at Shohei. So that market is going to be tough. You might be better off settling in on Machado. And, man, I I mean, everything that fans dreamed about with Correa and Lindor, I think is even better with Machado. I, I really do. I think... I just think Machado's a better baseball player than Carlos Correa. What's your thoughts on that? I do too. I think that the biggest thing, number one biggest thing that makes him better is the health. Yeah. Um, and the fact that walk to strikeout rates for guys who hit for power, who also play good defense, it's kind of something that you literally will never see in baseball. Um, yeah. Like it just doesn't happen. Um, this guy has had a really, I think he had, a, what was the strikeout rate last year? I don't even remember. But he doesn't strike out a lot. He's going to play great defense, even though it's not, prime young stud Manny Machado in Baltimore defense. He's still a very capable glove. And I don't care if his defensive run saves were really that low last year. I just, I just don't care. I'm sorry. I just, yeah, I just the, the eye test to doesn't... accept it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I refuse to accept it, but uh, yeah, I think that would make a lot of sense. San Francisco is another team that could absolutely, I mean, they, they're another team that lost out on Korea. So yeah, you could see them being like, Hey, with their population there, he would be huge yeah. um, for the giants and Shoyo Tani would be huge as well i mean he would be a megastar there so i could see that too but yeah i don't think it would be i think it makes to be like you know what we had david um let's have someone who never gets hurt unlike david wright unfortunately who literally struggled to even play one more game 
at the end of his yeah. career. And with Manny, I just see it aging well. Don't listen to people who talk about the hustle thing. I think that that narrative kind of died anyway. But just in case there are people out there, well, let's see here. He's played 150, 153, 60, 156, 162, 156, 157, 162. Those are the past, like, ever, ever since 2015, that's how many games this guy's played. So I don't want to hear the hustle and what's, thing. Since you got it up there, because I think the other thing, too, comparing him to Correa is I feel like there's more slug. Like, what's his career slugging percentage? Ooh, career slugging for Manny Machado is at an astounding 493. Yeah, you got Correa at 479. What was his slug last year? And last year he slugged 531 for the pods, baby. Yeah. Correa's yeah. 467. So so to me, that's that's the huge I think there's more power there, there's more durability. He I just think he's a straight up a better player. Like you, you mentioned that like people wouldn't understand that Correa is a future Hall of Fame or not well they both might be but I yeah. think that if you had to rank now who has a better Hall of Fame case you know all that that Correa has is the the postseason stats in the World Series that's tainted that's that's not going to help him with writers anyway I think Machado you know if, if he got a couple World Series rings on his resume before the it's all over and he might get one this year uh I think that he's 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 on a certain path to Cooperstown but what we want to close the show out with is power ranking the teams in the National League. We'll get to that in a minute, but first, another word from our sponsors. So, top five in the National League. I just want to go one through five. We're going to start at one. Javi, who's the best team in the National League right now? <sighs> hmm. I'm going to say the Atlanta Braves. Wow, um, okay. I'm going to say the Braves. I think that the Dodgers, it's like right there. I'm only giving the Braves just because in terms of what I can ascertain library is that the Braves, every single one of their players, they've got them locked up. I like their roster a lot. Even just trading Murphy. You've got Spence Strider. You've got all these guys coming along. I don't know what's going on with Mike Soroka, but whatever. Mac, like the most underrated star pitcher out there probably in the NL in terms of just stars. Like he's really great and whatnot. And then you've got Ronald Acuna who had a down season by his standards. I just like their roster a little bit more. And considering that the Dodgers didn't add too much, I'm just going to make a tiny bet that they won't be able to conjure up random starting pitchers out of nowhere. I think you might be muted or I'm still not here. (laughs) You have me now. No, I got you. I got you. Okay, I just like unplugged my, my microphone. That was awful. Um, <laughs> that was really bad. Uh, apologies for the audio quality if it's bad now for the listeners. Um, what was I saying? What was the last thing that you heard me say? I, 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 the, I, the rush of static that, that, that flooded my ear drowned it out all my thoughts. I got you with the Braves <laughs> at number one, though. So, so we'll, we'll, oh, we'll, we'll move on from your number one. I, I think for me, like when I'm trying to, to rank these teams, it's so hard to to gather my thoughts currently. Uh, no, but there's, <laughs> I think the, I think the Dodgers are in this place where it's like everyone assumes they're the best team in the National League, but they kind of did this weird move this off season where it's like they're just banking on their own prospects and we're all just supposed to believe in them. But they got Gavin Lux playing shortstop. I I don't know. I don't like them more than the other teams in the national league right now. And, and so, you know, if I had to say my one, like 
I'd say here, here's what I, here's my hot take. I think the highest ceiling team in the National League is the Padres. And the reason I say that is because when you tell me that if they get Tatis back and Tatis is still Tatis, Soto's going to be better. Bogarts, Machado, that's elite. And their one through three in the rotation showed themselves to be very, you know, definitely strong enough. Uh, who the, who the, who's, who's their four starter now? Did they pick somebody up? Nick Martinez is probably the four starter. Okay. So they never really did address the loss of Clevenger and Manai other than the fact that they weren't good. So they're, they're hoping the other, Oh yeah. Lugo Lugo. <laughs> yeah. Lugo. They brought in Brent Honeywell as well. Which I talked about in yesterday's episode. So <laughs> they, they it's seem funny. to have opted for the depth approach. Mm-hmm. This is the second time Lugo has crossed my mind on this podcast because when you said the Puerto Rican triumvirate, I, I was going <laughs> to throw out there Lugo, Diaz, and Lindor, a little less That's sexy true. of one last year, but they did have one. They did have one. All right, so who's your number two team in the National League right now? Number two is the Mets. Um, I just think that and, – and we've talked about this, and I've talked about this with other people. I really do believe that some dumb New York media slash hyper hyperbole kicked in last year where – it was a collapse. And as someone who's a Padres fan who watched them in 2021, it wasn't. The Mets are still a great team. And I know that they mostly just re-upped. Mostly, right? You lose DeGrom, you replace him with Justin Verlander. Not too bad. And then you bring back Brandon Nimmo. And then you, you did add some stuff, right, with Cody Senga. Like, there, there are some additions that they've made for sure. Um, and definitely some minor players. I think Mark Hanna is perpetually underrated. I think that seems great. And I just don't see that they have, like, any giant weaknesses, really. Uh, sure, you would have loved to get Correa to really like complete the Death Star, but guys, they still won 100 games, and the Braves are just really good. Um, th- it is a mistake to think that just because another team loses in any scenario, that that means that they blew it or whatever. No, sometimes it's like, sometimes you lose to Tom Brady, you know? Sometimes you lose to the Atlanta Braves, who have been assembling a roster better than almost anyone. Yes, there are teams out there that blow it. You know, the Dodgers, they lose to everybody. Once they make the postseason, but with the Mets, hundred wins, a lot of really fun moments too. That comeback against the Phillies comes to mind, which I wrote about in uh, for Just Baseball, like beginning of the year, the Buck Showalter stuff. He was clearly like a really uh, much needed presence for that team. So I still have the Mets number two. Um, it wouldn't shock me if they fall down a little, just because the age of their rotation is probably the weak spot. But those are just numbers, and hey, I'd rather take a chance on. Justin Verlander and Max Scherzer aging gracefully than just signing some young guy because he's young. Yeah, I, I honestly probably the only reason I didn't put the Mets one is for my own bias. Uh, <laughs> you know, I, I really think that they are. I'm going to put them at two, and I think that they're better than the Braves. And here's why: for one, everyone talks about collapse, identical records. Now, granted, they got swept in that last series in Atlanta. That was the only real collapsey yeah. thing, and there was a lot of games they should have had in September. But they lost Sterling Marte, and that was a really big blow to them. I think that you bring back the same team. Verlander, I like Verlander and Sanga more than Bassett and DeGrom heading into next season. I think that's a slight upgrade. I think that you know Quintana, Taiwan Walker, kind of a wash. I think their bullpen got better. Bring in Robertson's huge. Rayleigh's huge. So I, I really like where their pitching's at. And I think that their lineup, which for one was the top five offense in baseball last year, is going to get a big boost from these prospects with Brett Beatty and Francisco Alvarez set to play some pretty big roles. So I, I like the Mets at two, and then I'll just branch right off and say, I think that we're basically splitting hairs between the Mets and the Braves, so they would be my third team. Uh, who is your third team? You got the Braves and the Mets. 
are we now going out west for our third team? Yeah, of course we are, man. We're putting the Padres number three. Let's there go. There we go. Um, here's the thing. The Padres added Bogarts. I think that they were smart by bringing in Robert Suarez and extending him because I think that they know this guy's really good and we'd rather pay him less than what is probably going to cost for John Shader. For understandable reasons, Hader is probably going to get paid more. So instead, they're like, cool, that's fine. I think the bullpen for the Padres is going to be sneaky good this year. If Austin Adams comes back healthy and isn't hitting a batter every other plate appearance, that would be great. Drew Pomerantz could come back and be really healthy. And then I said, like I said, with Suarez and Hader, that's going to be a really good bullpen. And they've got some interesting pieces out there. They've got more depth, like I alluded to before. I like that they're bringing in some guys to just not have to count on, you know, Jake Marisnik playing outfield time for you, right? Or Velasquez and Arietta that they – they have at least some fail-safe options. And they might even have a move to make, right? There, People have floated out there, the Marlins, a whole bunch. Are they going to trade for one of those starters that they have out there? That's possible, too. And then the number one thing is, Manny Machado is amazing. Um, but there's a lot of players that can go back up. Jake Cronenworth, if he, I've heard that he was a little bit banged up last year. If he's like banged up, I mean, when healthy, that's like going to be like a top five second baseman potentially, or maybe first. I think I lost you again. <laughs> what is going on? Oh, you're good. You're good. You're good. Oh, okay. Okay. Stop. You scared me. I lost you. And then you came back. I don't know what's going on right now. I'm scared. All right. I'm just going to talk like as close to my computer as possible. All right, people listen, listen up. Okay. Uh, Soto, I think he's going to get a lot better. And especially if he doesn't, you know, repeat as the worst outfielder in baseball defensively again. As long as he doesn't do that, he should get better. And then lastly is Tatis, which is a player already on the team. But think of that as they're adding their own Correa in a lot of ways. Assuming he isn't a goober anymore, which I don't think he will be. Assuming he isn't doing the motorcycle thing. I just, I, the other day, I just watched Tatis highlights. It's like one o'clock in the morning. And I was like, I just need to remind myself. Like, let's remind ourselves how good this guy is when he's healthy and when he's playing and that next to Otani basically bar none, the most exciting player that the game has and has probably seen in the last decade. So don't forget that. And that's why I'm putting them third and they could get higher assuming everything goes right. And I think that it, it sets us up for an interesting number four. Cause I, I doubt that uh, either of us would put the Dodgers any lower than that based on the respect that we have to have for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it, it's, like I said, they're in this spot where they kind of reset themselves with the luxury tax. They're still going to win 100 games, probably. They always do. They're going to be awesome in the regular season. Noah Syndergaard's probably suddenly a, a great pitcher yeah. again. He's going to get the Tyler Anderson treatment. And they're going to be fine. So I feel like we don't even have to spend more time on them. I think those are the best four teams in the National League. I really believe that. I, don't, I, don't, I think you know which way that order will shake out throughout the season into the playoffs, we'll find out. But I think those that's the class of the National League. And then behind that, it's like Philly's cards are the only other two teams that I feel like got a shot. And as much as I want to be the biggest hater ever and just put the Cardinals, I think I'd put the Phillies five. I, I just think with Trey Turner, with the fact they're coming out the World Series, yes, I think that they deserve that recognition. I will also say, though, people do forget trying to put them on the same tier as the Braves and the Mets, that they finished 14 games behind those two teams this year. So I still think they're a a slight tier below the top four in the National League right now. Yeah, I think there's a difference between a team that's built for the regular season and the postseason. I I think we saw that play out. 
Um, I think that the Mets just unfortunately had the Padres and whatnot, right? And that sometimes those wild card series don't go your way. But then with the Phillies, it's like they can just go absolutely nuclear with their bats, and they've got room to grow. Like you said, they added Trey Turner, but Nick Castellanos, he could have a bounce back here, right? Um, they have plenty of guys on that team that are going to be good. You replace Seguru with Trey Turner to a degree. That's awesome. And they brought in another starting pitcher that I'm blanking on right now. Who was it? It was uh, Taiwan. Taiwan Walker. Taiwan. Taiwan Walker. There you go. So you add him. Yes, I know that from a really eye-appealing and just stat-nerdy way, the Cardinals are better because they're better on both sides of the ball. But also, are we sure? Adam Wainwright is, like, not getting younger. They still refuse to bring in any pitcher. This has been a very interesting strategy by the St. Louis Cardinals to just be like, we just don't want to have an ace. We're just going to keep relying on Adam Wainwright to be like Wolverine and just age until he's 200. Like, I don't, it's just very odd for me. I don't know. I might be crazy. I might be crazy. I like having one starting pitcher. So will they be good in the regular season? Sure. But I also think they benefit from, from playing in a really weak division um, that, I think is the next best team in that division also isn't interested in being competitive. Instead, they trade their best players at the deadline and then don't do anything. So that's why I'm putting the Phillies ahead because I think they face better teams. And I think that once you get into the big games, I mean, you saw what Bryce Harper did. I mean, he was yeah. a maniac, maniac in the postseason, and he's going to be good in the regular season too. So that's why. I yeah. I, I really think that with the top five teams in the national league, the only thing that I would say Phillies fans will hate me and they, they should hate me. Uh, I would just say that those are the clear top five teams and the Phillies have to be five on that list. I don't really care how you, how you arrange the top four. I feel like these teams are so good. I think the national league is way better than the American league right now. And it's going to be a thrilling season where we will hopefully cross over many more times, but that's going to be all for this edition. Uh, as always, thank you for listening. Make sure you follow rate and review wherever you get your podcast. You can follow me on Twitter at Finkelstein, Ryan, Follow him at Jave Pena with two eyes, correct? Yes, uh, it's two eyes. Two eyes. And uh, you can, for your second listen, uh, check out Locked on OMB Prospects, hosted by Lindsey Crosby. You can learn about all the stars of tomorrow. You can follow Locked on OMB Prospects on the Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get podcasts.